Marco on the normal radio. Free weed. Free weed. Oh, yo. Danny Danko come to show you how it grows. You're now tuned in to Free Weed from Danny Danko on normal radio. Presented by High Times Magazine. See me say, boom, bang. Big respect. See me say, Danny Danko. All right, welcome back, you guys. This is episode number 71 of High Times Presents Free Weed from Danny Danko. As always, thank you to DJ Jacques and Winstrong. That's J-A-C-Q-U-E-S, Jacques and Winstrong, for the wonderful song that opens the show. Um, This is episode 71. We're going to talk with all kinds of people. We are doing a promo for Tusk, uh, Kevin Smith film. If you guys are familiar, I'm sure you are. Uh, We'll preview the December issue of High Times Magazine, um, talk a little bit about uh, some of the things that we've got going on with the Cannabis Cup in Amsterdam, and uh, we have some bonus uh, uh, audio of uh, our colleague Mary Jane's interview with Charlo Green, who is the Fuck It, I Quit reporter in Alaska, who um, famously quit her job to help legalize weed in Alaska, so um, kudos to her. Uh, we're going to have a cultivation section talking about uh, the fine art of drying and curing and harvesting uh, your weed. You've made it to the final stretch. you just got to get this final thing right. A lot of people don't do it right, so we're going to talk about that. And we'll do Q&A from the uh, listeners where I'll be answering grow questions. Mike, how do you feel about all this? Pretty good. Awesome. Episode 71. We'll be right back. All right, this is episode number 71 of Free Weed from Danny Danko. And, uh, yeah, here we are in the intro. <laughs> <laughs> what do we got going on lately, Mike? We got uh, our December issue of High Times. Right? Yeah, it just came out this week, which That's is right. exciting. And you you actually have the cover story, I do. as you do every December issue, with That's your true. top 10 strains of the year. Mm-hmm. This is the 10th year in a row that I've done that. Um, so that's 100 strains. I don't, I don't think I've repeated once yet, so... Uh, yeah, I'm excited about that. It's the cover story. We should um, clarify a little on that because some people think it's some sort of competition and other people, you know, when they see your list, they say, well, why isn't Kush on there? Or, you know, right. maybe well, explain a little. It's, you know, it's based on uh, on strains that have won cannabis cups in the recent past, strains that people are talking about a lot. And uh, like I said, we don't, I, I don't repeat them. So, you know, we had Girl Scout cookies on there last year. And a lot of people are like, well, why isn't it on this year? It's because, you know, this year we have, you know, Sin Mint cookies or, or something different that's maybe from that family, but um, more prevalent to what's going on this year and what, uh, you know, what we heard about at the different cannabis cups. The uh, the cover strain is the real, you know, the true OG from Elemental Seeds, and that was uh, like a five-time cup winner, pretty much undeniable uh, top ten strain there. And, uh, and like, you know, there's nine other ones there, um, some interesting, you know, new varieties from seed banks that are uh, up-and-coming ones, as well as a few from uh, seed banks that have existed for a while. So, 
yeah, that's pretty much that story. And then no, uh, you keep it contemporary, which is cool. If you want the uh, the top twenty five uh, greatest strains of all time, you could look in the November issue. But mm-hmm. this is your top ten of the year. Okay. And also, yeah. if you uh, if you buy the issue, which you definitely should, you get a lot of information about the uh, the history of the strain, the lineage, the flowering time, all of that. If you just want to look at some pretty pictures of weed that uh, Danko has selected, go to HighTimes.com. There's a video up for that top ten strains article, and uh, that is. Good old weed porn, as we like to call it. So what else is in this issue? Um, Well, we have the Global Harvest Report that uh, I participated in as well, and that's basically, uh, you know, just different uh, countries and different parts of the uh, U.S. uh, reporting in on their harvests this year and, and, um, you know, what's been going on in in different regions. And so that's pretty interesting with some great photography as well. Uh, Let's see, a great interview, actually, with Reggie Watts, who... uh, you know, if people aren't familiar with, is an amazing uh, musician slash comedian. Very, very unique uh, thing that he does with with music and comedy, and um, just really interesting. He's a big uh, edibles guy. Definitely a cannabis law reform supporter, and a very interesting guy. So it's, uh, it's not my interview, but I was actually uh, there for that one, and he is a really interesting guy. We were out in Brooklyn. And if you know what Reggie Watts looks like, he's got the huge uh, flowing afro, and he's he's a big guy. So you see him flying up on this on his bike, this little fold up bike, to meet us there. It's a it was a bizarre sight to see in the <laughs> middle of the day in Brooklyn. But he's a cool guy. That's a great interview. Yeah, there's also uh, an article by Dan Sky in here about uh, uh, a beginner grower, first time grower who actually had uh, you know uh, the tutelage of uh, an expert, Mr. Kyle Cushman, to help him with his, through his first grow. So that's pretty interesting. It's good, uh, good reading for beginners for sure because, uh, you know, he's able to avoid some of the, the typical pitfalls that people, uh, people, you know, suffer when they're, you know, first-time growers. So that's an interesting one as well. And, and a fun fact there, uh, you as a young cultivation editor had the tutelage of one Kyle Cushman. That's true. So there you go. That's true, indeed, years ago. Uh, there's coverage of our Michigan Cup, which it was uh, a triumphant uh, return to the Michigan area for us. And uh, so there's great photos from that event, as well as a listing of all the winners and, and uh, you know, yeah, the Samantha White Samantha Nicholas wrote that one, right? That's right. Yeah. Yeah. So that's Excellent reporter. One. Yes. Uh, and a look at the future of legal marijuana by John Getman, which is uh, like really a think piece about uh, what's going on lately and things are changing so rapidly so it's great to have an expert like uh, Mr. Getman to weigh in on that and to uh, to give us uh, some ideas of what what's happening now and what the future looks like for legal marijuana. Yeah, Getman has some serious pot credentials. He was the uh, the head of normal for a while. He's a professor in Virginia, but he also uh, was behind the the rescheduling of cannabis petitions for the government and all of that. He's mm-hmm. been at the forefront for about 30 years now, so interesting guy. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, and, you know, we have Amsterdam Cannabis Cup coming up, uh, so that's interesting. We're selling tickets at CannabisCup.com. Uh, we've, uh, as far as I know, I think we have Deltron 3030, which is Dell, uh, performing. He performed last year as well, I believe. We have uh, uh, Revolution and the Dirty Heads, and I think we got Action Bronson. So um, Let's not make that 100% official, but I think that's what we're uh, we're looking at so far for the entertainment over there, which is exciting at the Milkweg in the Lidze Plain. The Milky Way. Yeah, we'll be sure to get some pofferties and some some waffles and stuff, and maybe even some herring. 
Yes. <laughs> Herring on a stick, nothing like it. You guys yeah. should join us in Amsterdam. As Dan mentioned, you can go to CannabisCup.com and get your tickets right now. You should do it. Mm-hmm. Amsterdam's a great city. And so that's, that's next month. That's in November, uh, 23rd to the 27th of November in Holland. Yeah. What would you rather do for Thanksgiving? Hang out with me and Dan in Amsterdam or go to the overcooked turkey celebration thing and the football and all that? Mm-hmm. Actually, that sounds pretty good to me. They're both good, but you should come to Amsterdam. So Definitely. That's some housekeeping. You uh, wanted to, and I've never heard you say this before. I've known you a while. You wanted to talk about NASCAR today. Yeah, a little bit. Uh, I'm, I'm, I'm a bit perturbed. Uh, you know, if people don't know about the whole Tony Stewart, Kevin Ward thing, uh, basically there was a, a, a race, um, a dirt track race that uh, Tony Stewart was involved in, and as well as uh, a young gentleman named Kevin Ward. And, you know, they got into it as far as, uh, I guess, Mr. Ward believed that uh, that he was sort of run off the track or, or, or spun out um, by Tony Stewart and got out of his car and then was hit by Tony Stewart, uh, basically trying to kind of confront him or, or I don't know what, you know, he was just walked out onto the track out of his car and, and uh, a few of the other drivers missed him. And then as uh, Tony Stewart came around, Kevin, uh, he hit Kevin Ward with the car. Now, some people are outraged by that and some people, um, you know, people on both sides of the issue. I don't really know too much about it, uh, except to say that they did a toxicology report on uh, on Kevin Ward's body, and they found marijuana. And then somehow, you know, they're saying that the marijuana is to blame for his decision making in running out onto the track, or, or at least it that be. it affected it. Yeah, it affected it. And I think that that's pretty ridiculous. And and I think you know, bringing you know the subject of marijuana into this this case is, is ridiculous. And I think Kevin Ward's family felt the same way. They put out a statement basically saying that. His marijuana use had nothing to do with uh, with what happened, and that you know basically when they bringing that up, they're basically trying to make the case that you know he was somehow impaired and that he his judgment uh, was off because he was high on pot at this race. And I mean, uh, you know, pot can stay in your system, like you know most of us know, for 30 days or more. Uh, so I don't know. It's just it was outrageous to see marijuana somehow demonized and play a role in something that obviously you know there was anger between them there was a rivalry between them and and you know marijuana really i don't think has anything to do with it so well the whole thing is it's a really tragic but odd situation because you have a guy who is angry at another guy and for some reason gets out of his car on a track and like you said, everyone else missed him, and somehow the guy who he was fighting with hit him with the car and killed him. Tragic. Obviously an accident. A grand jury uh, found no reason to bring uh, Tony Stewart to trial. And right. Tony Stewart himself actually came out saying that marijuana had nothing to do with any of this, and he found that whole thing to be ridiculous as well. Yeah, and I mean, people are saying that he did it intentionally. I, do, I, I certainly don't think he would... No. Any, you know, that he would hit the guy intentionally. Maybe he was trying to intimidate him, maybe... I mean... Obviously, these cars are going super fast. This track, you know, it's just, you know, it doesn't seem seem like to me that someone would intentionally run over the guy who's, you know, out there uh, confronting him. And Tony Stewart's, I don't know, just doesn't seem like but you know, it, it he's feels obviously like had incidents in the past. But, yeah. you know, that's not something I think anyone would intentionally try to do. Well, I feel like your point is just that this is a complex situation with a lot of, you know, emotions and uh, and odd coincidences and so on at play. 
and yet it's sort of boiled down to, you know, marijuana. Like, once marijuana is in the equation, they all point to that, and it's that simple. He was high, yeah. and he did something dumb. Yeah, they dumb. did the same thing to Trayvon Martin. Exactly. They do the yeah. same thing over and over. It's like a way to demonize a victim of, of something, and, and it's ridiculous. And and marijuana use has no uh, no role in any of that stuff, so it's, it's pretty strange. Indeed. So that is your uh, free weed NASCAR update. I hope you guys enjoyed that. Um, And you know what? We actually have a little giveaway to talk about. Uh, Kevin Smith. Are you familiar with with the work of Kevin Smith? I'm a big fan of Kevin's uh, films and a big fan of his podcasts as well. His whole Smodcast network is amazing. And they do amazing things. They've, uh, you know, they're pioneers in in podcasting as far as I'm concerned. He's a funny guy. Um, obviously, everybody loves Clerks, but, you know, Chasing Amy and, and Clerks 2 and, and Silent Bob and, and Dogma, Dogma. Uh, that, uh, I mean, George like, Carlin and uh, mm-hmm. Chris Rock. That was a good film. A great film. And uh, yeah, and he's a great supporter of marijuana law reform. He's an openly, uh, you know, avid pot smoker who's unashamed to admit it and uh, talks about it a lot. So, yeah, we're big fans of Kevin's. And, uh, yeah, he's got a new movie coming out that I think was spawned from his podcast. It was like a stone discussion they were having on on air. And now he made a movie, a horror movie, out of it. So it's pretty interesting. It's called Tusk. And they have some interesting uh, marketing campaign for it, too, where they – they uh, had some signings at Buds and Roses where he he was there. They uh, changed a couple of the names of their strains for a week just to sort of uh, honor the film and, and give it some promotion. And I think it was pretty unique and pretty, uh, you know, kind of revolutionary of them to uh, in- include, you know, marijuana in, at, in a big way as part of the marketing for this film. Yeah, um, well, podcasting and marijuana are very central to Tusk, and what better place to advertise such a thing than on the marijuana podcast Free Weed? So we're looking at a film. Uh, it's written and directed by Kevin Smith. As Dan said, it's uh, called Tusk, and it is a chilling horror tale about the perils of storytelling. Tusk follows a brash American podcaster as he braves the Canadian wilds to interview an old man with an incredible past, only to discover... The man's dark secret involves a walrus. <laughs> Didn't see that coming. Interesting. So, not to be confused with the Fleetwood Mac record. <laughs> exactly. Test. Yes. Double album. Yes. Do not confuse the two. So here's what we got. Uh, one grand prize winner, someone listening right now, is going to receive a signed poster, a t-shirt, and a metal grinder. And then we're also going to have five runners up who are going to get a t-shirt and a plastic grinder. So what do you think the contest ought to be? Um... Why, like, why don't, I'd love to have Kevin Smith on the podcast. That'd be cool. And I think, um, you know, maybe we can kind of form a grassroots effort of sorts, uh, so to speak, to try to get him on. Maybe if people tweet um, at uh, that Kevin Smith, is that what it is? He's at that Kevin Smith. Mm -hmm. Tweet to at that Kevin Smith uh, with a hashtag freeweed and tell him your reasons why you think uh, Kevin should come on our podcast uh, I like weed. this. Yeah, you guys do the work for <laughs> us. Convince Kevin to come on the Free Weed podcast. Yeah. We uh, will we'll go through all of those, and we're going to pick the most convincing argument to be our grand prize winner, and also five other ones that we really like. So, yeah. yeah. Tweet at that Kevin Smith uh, with the hashtag Free Weed. Um, you know, in one tweet, uh, explain to him why you think he should come on our podcast, and uh, hopefully he'll he'll hear it and he'll hopefully won't be too annoyed (laughs) and he'll want to come on you know that would be great for us um i think uh you know we could talk to him a lot about uh the role that marijuana plays 
in his life and in his creative process. And I think that'd be interesting for sure. And he's got such a huge reach uh, of people. And every once in a while, someone will confuse me for him. <laughs> I've gotten that too, oddly enough. And that's yeah. a bit strange. Uh, or the guy from American Pickers, of course. So I'm I've sure, heard that happen I'm sure you, he yeah. gets both of those. I'm sure Once he gets you all the time. I, that's doubtful, yeah, but it's probably. possible. <laughs> so, yeah, definitely do that. Also, uh, Tusk is in theaters right now. You can learn more at uh, tuskthemovie.com. Uh, also on Twitter, at Tusk underscore the movie. So that is that contest. Um, yeah, get Kevin Smith on our show, please. Our favorite uh, reason that you give him to come on the show will win the contest, the, the poster and the metal grinder, and then uh, we're going to pick... Five of the other ones? Yeah, we got six total here, so okay, five, so five of the other ones will get. You really want that grand prize, though, because it's the signed poster and a metal grinder and a T-shirt. It's a Tusk-themed grinder. Tusk-themed grinder, nice. yeah, from the movie. That's really cool. Yeah, so that is that. Um, you know what? We uh, we should also bring on this next fella here. He is the director of technology for High Times Magazine, and he's going to talk to us about an upcoming project he has in uh, in the magazine itself. Mm-hmm. So welcome, Craig Coffey. Also, might I add, a one-time guest host of Freeweed, the only guest host in Freeweed's 71-episode history. Hi, Craig. Hello again. What's up, guys? <laughs> What's up, Craig? Always you... a pleasure. Now, you've been working uh, here at High Times for a good long time, right? That's right. This month actually rounds out 10 years here for me. Ah, congratulations. Thank you very much. And... Uh, Apparently now you're going to be doing some editorial work. You've done some in the past, I know. As uh, yeah, you know, like I I, I I write a little bit here and there, and um, apparently like a combination of being able to write and doing enough dabs leads a person at high times potentially to a dab column. And here I am. <laughs> cool. So so this is a monthly column in the magazine about um, concentrates uh, that you'll be curating um, over the next uh, year or so, and. What kind of subjects do you feel like are, are important to cover in the in the dab world? Well, like through our travels at the cups and stuff like that, you and I, we know we meet all kinds of people that are lifers in this game, especially like in the concentrate industry. Just so through our interactions with them, I have a few ideas of things that we'd like to cover. You know, we're we're talking about doing like some subjects like dab diets, mm-hmm. um, specific methods for extracting CBDs from from plants. Um, we're going to talk about what types of butane you might want to use if you were going to make extracts Mm -hmm. places you might want to start your extract making career you know safely and 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 responsibly yeah safely is important for sure and uh some of the things i've been hearing about lately are things like uh uh, holy water and live resin and things like that And, and people are just figuring out it seems like what those terms mean and stuff i feel like um you know those are definitely a couple of subjects you could uh pontificate on as well i'm sure yeah you know i I think about like the content that we put uh in the magazine a lot i've been reading this magazine working here 10 years reading it for 15 or almost 20 years i would guess now and um you know there's always new stuff happening in in hydro and in strains and stuff like that but if you want to talk about something that is changing on a week-to-week basis in this industry it's it's dabs all the way this is like the bleeding edge of of the industry i think you know every week there's something big happening now, does something, would you include, uh, you know, ice water extracted hash and things like, uh, you know, dry sift and things like that as well? Yeah, I could see some do- some columns like that. But for the most part, we're going to focus on extracting the contents of trichomes and okay. the consequences of doing that. Uh, we talked a little bit earlier, um, off, you know, off uh, mic about terpenes. And you had some interesting ideas as well about that. 
Yeah, well, like, you know, part of my duty here uh, now is uh, working at, at Cannabis Cups and the, and the things that get entered, and we, 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 we lab test all this stuff, and we have a lot of data on terpenes, and particularly in the concentrate category, we're starting to see some patterns emerge between winners and terpenes and effects in terpenes, and, you know, that, that's definitely something I'd like to explore with this column. We're going to be doing a lot of that kind of work here. Yeah, I mean, and it certainly must have something to do with the medicinal effects as well, because... Um, you know, plain THC without those terpenes is, is plain, and then that's what kind of activates certain various, uh, you know, other effects that, uh, as, you know, so you might say, right? Yeah, I mean, I mean there's there's a pattern that you see in, like, uh, hash heads, and, like, you discover concentrates, and you start off with, like, shatter or wax, and then eventually you, you don't even care. You become, like, a terp nerd is, is like, the word we've been calling it, you know, like, <laughs> There's all these terp nerds. They're not even trying to get high anymore. They're just, like, smoking flavors and stuff. And then you have guys out there who are uh, capturing their terps in their cycles, and there's not even THC in there. They're just, like, smelling vials of, uh, of a fragrance that was in a plant now, and that's good enough for them, you know? Right, but mixing that with other dabs <laughs> just for flavor purposes yeah. and things. Yeah, it's really interesting what's happening, and uh, it's cool that you're, you're going to be able to... Uh, put that information in the magazine as well and get that information out to people. Are you going to be contributing to the website as well? Yeah, they'll be, yeah, we'll be doing that for sure. And then also um, we're setting up an email address. Uh, we'd like to, you know, maybe hear from, from your audience. And I know a lot of your guys are out there doing the dab thing and what are you all interested in? So we're, we're going to be running um, dabs, D-A-B-S, dabs at hightimes.com. Nice. Anything that you guys want to ask me or maybe suggest is something we should cover or whatever, it's a good way to, to get that information through to us. Yeah, we did an episode of the show called Free Hash with a whole different song and everything, and uh, I think we're going to bring that back in the near future as well um, and maybe have you back to talk a little bit more about the, the column that you're working on. But uh, well, when does this uh, column debut? Well, we, we've already been doing it for a year. But, um, no, you. When do you well, take over? Our first issue will be, uh, I believe, the April issue. April issue. All right. So hey. look out for that. Yeah. If you, you guys want to get your your questions answered or if you have ideas there for is still dab time. columns, get them into dabs at hightimes.com. All right. So uh, thank you again, Craig Coffey. And uh, we're going to take a little break. But when we come back, uh, our coworker, Mary Jane, mm -hmm. uh, has an interview with Charlo Green. Yes. And Charlo Green uh, is the woman from Alaska who quit on the air. Fuck it, I quit. Yeah, to support marijuana legalization, right? Yeah, she got a ton of publicity um, for the cause in Alaska. And, uh, yeah, we, uh, she, Mary Jane got an exclusive interview with her for High Times Magazine. And we're going to take a listen to some of the things that she has to say uh, about Alaska legalization and, and her love of uh, cannabis and all of that. All right, so stick around. More on that when we return. Okay, so uh, before the break, we were talking about this great feature interview we have for you. Now, now Dan, give us a little background here on Charlo Green. Yeah, uh, well, basically, uh, most people's first encounter with her was when she quit her job uh, on live on the air uh, in dramatic fashion. Some people said it was a little crude. I personally don't agree. Uh, you know, if she hadn't had said, fuck it, I quit, I don't think any of us would have heard about um, a reporter in Alaska quitting her job live on the air. So uh, I think she did it in dramatic fashion. She got a, a ton of attention. She's got 
um, Snoop Dogg and, and all these people uh, very interested in, in helping her and supporting uh, legalization of, of medical marijuana in Alaska. Um, so a lot of people don't know, but Alaska has had decrim since like the 70s, but uh, it's just, uh, it's not enough for people. And, and um, you know, certainly there's patients there who need uh, medical marijuana. And um, Charlo Green is the reporter who, who, who you know, got the, the nationwide and, and worldwide attention on this Alaska bill. And uh, I think if it passes, you know, a, a lot of that will have to do with some of the attention that she was able to garner for for the cause. So, yeah, we're very excited to have uh, Miss Charlo Green on the show. Yeah, so here is uh, Charlo Green speaking with Mary Jane. How did you get involved in the cannabis movement? Um, well, I've smoked for... Well, I have a long history with smoking. I first tried smoking marijuana when I was 16 years old, and I didn't really like it. So I just stuck with drinking like a lot of Alaskans do. They start drinking. We start drinking at an early age, and and yeah. And so that's just how it was. And so my drinking habit just became way too much for me to actually handle any of my business. And it got to the point where I was like drinking daily, like binge drinking on a daily basis while I was in college. And I failed out of like every one of my classes except for gym class in one semester. I was put on attendance probation and all that stuff. And I just realized here I am, I have the opportunity to make whatever I want with myself and I'm poisoning myself with alcohol and it's just not sustainable. So I needed a different I needed a different outlet, and most of my friends smoked pot, so I tried it again. And from failing out of every single class, I ended up on the dean's list every single semester after that and graduated cum laude, and I've been working up until last Sunday as a journalist, you know, reporting the news on TV, respectable career, doing the most, giving back to the community, and it's all because... I smoke weed, or at least I credit marijuana for saving for saving my life, for saving my future. Yeah, that's pretty incredible. And and tell us about the um, the cannabis club. Tell us about the Alaska Cannabis Club. The Alaska Cannabis Club is Alaska's only legal marijuana resource. We um, are a network of medical marijuana card holders, and that's about as far as our attorneys have that is appropriate for us to get into right now with us having this spotlight shown on us. It's not just supporters that are watching. So can you tell me about the No on Two campaign and what you think it's going to take to legalize in Alaska this November? Well, um, ballot measure two is the initiative to regulate marijuana like alcohol. So it would legalize marijuana in Alaska, recreational marijuana for anyone 21 years old old and up. Right now, we have medical marijuana on the books, but it's just kind of a shell of a medical marijuana program. Mm -hmm. I mean, voters chose to legalize medical marijuana back in 1998, and 16 years later, we don't have a single dispensary because the state hasn't come up with any sort of framework. It was kind of like they said, all right, well, the voters decided that they want medical marijuana, but... F it. 
we're just going to go ahead and allow them to get cards. But as far as giving them a place to actually get their medicine, we're not going to do that. So the vote on ballot measure two this November 4th is a way to make medical marijuana real in Alaska. And it's a way to end this prohibition that has led to 669 arrests just last year alone in Alaska and almost 3,000 over the past three years. Mm -hmm. And the numbers just keep piling up every year. People are getting arrested for simple possession of a plant that is less harmful than cigarettes, that's less harmful than alcohol, that's less harmful than sugar. Yeah. Marijuana doesn't cause diabetes. Diabetes kills people. And sugar is everywhere. But here's a plant, and people are losing their opportunity to go to college and to, to, to get help whenever they're struggling, any public assistance, because they have this sort of thing on their record, you know? Yeah. What are the what are some of the dirty tricks and lies that you've been running into that you mentioned in your Indiegogo page? Okay, well, the fact that they say nobody is being arrested for marijuana in Alaska and that only 11 people are in prison for marijuana offenses in the state. Well, maybe the prison part yeah, but people are still getting arrested, and all you need is a possession charge on your record. Whether or not you ever spent time in prison for marijuana doesn't mean that you aren't going to be harmed by having that charge on your record. So them trying to say that nobody is getting arrested for marijuana use in Alaska, yeah, you guys don't know that because you guys are rich. I grew up poor. I know the people that these laws target, and these laws, the prohibition, the getting them into the jail system and making sure that these people that are living these lives where they're just trying to make it can't come up. That's what right. those laws are about, and it's it's not fair. So that's what they're saying. That's a lie. They're saying that our Alaskan communities, our villages, our smaller communities that have the option to ban alcohol aren't going to have that option. That's also a lie. It's written into the bill. Local option by voter approval, can ban the sale and any business related to marijuana. Mm -hmm. Well, that's been the so, case in all the other states that have recreationally legalized, right? That's the case in Washington and Colorado. Yeah, it totally is. It is. But yeah. the thing is, once you just see something, people are just going to take what you say on the surface is fact. People don't really go and do the research themselves or look into it or look into what exactly concentrates are. And no, people aren't blowing up their houses left and right. That was something that happened. And, I mean, what, 30, I think, is what Colorado reported. And that was just at the start of the year. But you can't find those instances anymore. Now people are, are educated. That's what ending marijuana prohibition does. It gives people the opportunity to learn without fear of going to jail or anything like that or being stigmatized. Mm -hmm. That's what ending marijuana prohibition can do. And then we can get into medical benefits and research and how it's, it's, it just has so many positive benefits. But that's not what the Nuantu people want you to hear. They're saying that more teens are using it than ever. That's a lie. The state of Colorado itself says that isn't happening. And they're just cherry-picking random things, like the study about the IQ points and how that was refuted by the people that did the study, right. right? Yeah. Yes, yeah, but that's not the part they're mentioning, not at all. They just pick tiny bits of, of misinformation to craft their fear-mongering message, and 
it's working. So I bet you've you've gotten so much attention, and um, it's just been such an enormous story. I'm just wondering if you've had any really negative response that has has sort of affected you. Have you been sort of shaken or surprised by anything that you've had <laughs> in the wake of all this? Um, well, I was at a I was at a football game at a public like park area. It was just um. It was a football game, and my nephew was playing in it. And so while I was there, instead of me just being out there just talking about the vote, I'm a registrar. I got everyone on my team and a few other people out in the community to become registrars. So anytime anyone wants to start talking about marijuana, you can ask, hey, are you registered to vote? Let's continue this conversation while you fill out this sheet, and we're going to make sure that you can get out and vote. So that's what we were out there doing, and we actually had, we were approached by this woman, she was yelling, she was angry, and she basically called the cops on us and threatened to ban us from the park for life. And it was like, well, this is kind of a public park, but, but it is what it is. So it's just kind of weird things. But for the most part, the response has been overwhelmingly positive. It's, it's humbling to to read all the emails and the Facebook comments and to see like the like the the fan pages like we didn't even know I guess the largest one even existed until the guy that was running it sent us a message that someone wanted to do an interview and we click on it and the fan page has like 10 times as many likes as my actual company page so <laughs> wow. so we thought that was kind of funny and they were doing a really job good job at getting the message out and and so the response has been overwhelmingly positive i would be doing a disservice to anyone that has supported me by paying too much or really any attention to the naysayers and the people that aren't willing to open their minds to to learning about what ending marijuana prohibition can do Absolutely. Well, you've got a lot of work to do. Thank you so much for taking all this time to speak to me. I have one more question for you. What is your favorite strain? My favorite strain? Um, it's a classic. Jack Hare. <laughs> yeah, it always goes back to that. I mean, I, I hope to just make even the smallest, smallest fraction of the impact that he has left and his legacy. That's and yeah, so so smoking it, soaking up some of that jack here, it just yeah, it's like this is this is what we're fighting this is what we're fighting for. Absolutely, this the original the the original freedom fighter, one of the original freedom fighters. Um, exactly. What a pleasure to speak to you. Thank you so much for everything and I hope to meet you someday in person, maybe at our party. <laughs> yeah, I'm looking forward to it. All right, so very interesting, very uh, very eloquent conversation with Charlo. Uh, clearly, you know, she having been in the media, she is uh, savvy and uh, um, definitely knows what, knows what she's doing and uh, how to get it done. So, um, kudos to her. Um, thanks to Mary Jane for uh, for getting that interview, and thanks to Charlo for everything she's done. And uh, yeah. Yes, so awesome. that was that. Uh, stick around, we're going to take a little break, but when we come back, we've got a supersized cultivation section. All right, so here we are. This is the cultivation section. And uh, 
it's probably a subject that I've discussed before. In fact, I'm sure I've discussed it before, but I want to, I want to talk about uh, the drying and curing process. We're here in the middle of October. Uh, a lot of people are harvesting a lot of pot right now, and it's still one of the biggest mistakes I see people make is improper drying, improper curing, improper storage. Uh, some people don't cure at all, and I think that they're really doing a disservice to themselves when they do that. So um, whether you're growing in bulk or whether you're growing in a closet, a micro-grow, it's really important to dry and cure properly. You've, got, you've gone far enough that you've grown marijuana flowers. Now uh, your duty is to just dry them properly and get them cured properly so that they'll smoke at their full potential. And uh, what that means is uh, after you've determined that it's time to harvest for you uh, based on not just red hairs or something like that, but actual trichome uh, color. You really need to get some kind of a magnifying loop or a magnifier of some sort to really get in there and look and make sure. Um, most people will do that right around when um, the trichomes are starting to get cloudy, um, not really amber yet, but not clear. And that's like really typically uh, when people harvest. So you've determined that it's that time. Uh, you can cut the whole plant down if you if, if it's not a huge plant uh, and dry it that way. I prefer to take branches off the plant uh, from starting from the top uh, and work your way down uh, in basically like V's uh, where each branch uh, comes off and, and, and meets a top and basically it creates like a V so you don't even need um, any kind of like hanging materials. You just sort of hang it using its own uh, branch as the as the hanger because it forms a V. Um, and basically that, you, you want to hang your plant uh, branches to dry. Typically that's going to take uh, what you want it to take uh, about a week, you know, uh, ideally. Somewhere between five and ten days to get to kind of where the outside is popcorn dry and the stems snap. So that's when they're hanging, you don't want them hanging clo too close together. You want air to be able to circulate around. You certainly don't want to have a fan blowing right on them because it'll, they'll dry out too quickly. But you do want to circulate the air, um, particularly if you're harvesting a lot of plants because you're dealing with a lot of water and you're trying to get about 75% of the water out of the plants during that time. So it is important uh, to, if you know, if it's too humid, you might want a dehumidifier. If it's not humid enough, you might want to put in a humidifier to sort of extend that that time because during that time you're you're you know you're leaching out things like chlorophyll and, and things that'll make that plant taste green and uh, harsh and nasty and it won't burn properly so you hang them up in a you know well circulated cool dark place I uh, certainly don't want to have lights on in your in your drying area because light degrades THC now uh, you, you're to the point, let's say you're about six or seven days and you bend the stem and it snaps instead of bending. Now you're ready to chop those individual buds off of those branches. Uh, you chop them off, you put them into opaque glass jars. No paper bags, no plastic, no, no uh, you know, rubber-made tubs. Put them into glass jars. If it's a huge, huge harvest, get a bunch of glass jars. Put them in, you know, put the individual buds in the glass jars. Like I said, on the outside, they will feel like they're dry. The truth is there's a ton of moisture still stuck in the middle of those buds. When you put them in the jars and you seal them up, you come back in an hour or two, open that up, those buds will be, will be wet again. They'll be moist. And what that is is moisture working its way from the inside of the bud outwards. And uh, every time you open the jar, 
you're releasing that moist air and you're replenishing it with drier air and that that is a slow process that's the curing process and the slower the better in most cases i mean you want to avoid mold of course so if it's too wet leave it open but uh really it's a process of drawing that last moisture out from the middle of the bud through the outside of the bud and out into the air and then eventually you get it to a kind of an equilibrium level uh it's not too dry it's not too wet you put it in a grinder it grinds right up not to dust but just sort of to flakes and that's where you want to be that's a proper cure um, at that point just keep them sealed in the jar and you'll be golden you'll see over time that the curing process will continue and you'll get more and more of a subtle flavor uh, more and more of certain other things come out it's the way, same way that that wine will age uh, and mature the buds will age and mature as well and again uh, I know I you know I talk about this a lot but it really is the number one mistake I see people make uh, at the end when they've gone through all the trouble of growing plants and flowering them and feeding them and, and spraying them and all the things that you go through and then to not do the drying and curing process correctly is just ridiculous so uh, you've got them in the jars and they're cured up nice and now you're ready to smoke and you know it's a process that takes time you have to be patient and uh you know if you open the jar and you smell uh, anything funky like ammonia or anything like that you really have to leave the jar open that's mold is going to form there's too much moisture if you open it and it's way too dry you've probably gone a little too far on the dry side of of the curing process so uh it's a fine line in the middle there but when you reach it you have connoisseur quality a plus plus cannabis and that's what we're all after so um keep that in mind make sure that you dry and cure properly do whatever it is you've got to do if you're in arizona and it's too dry you know keep it moister if it's if you're in a very uh you know moist area like the pacific northwest a lot of humidity you know you're going to want to pull that water out somehow by using a dehumidifier or something like that again never no fans blowing on drying buds uh, cool dark place hang them up don't dry them laid laid out flat on anything uh, no paper bags no plastic always glass preferably opaque glass and then for long-term storage that glass is perfect just keep it in a cool dark place all right, indeed. And uh, there are many, many uh, articles by you and, and some of your other colleagues on HighTimes.com, so just search for drying and curing. Also, if you want more info on long-term storage, uh, we've mentioned this before on the show, but one of the first video projects that Dan and I ever did was how to store your pot. And that is still on the internet. It's got like more than half a million views on wow. the YouTube, which is weird. Interesting. <laughs> and it, it actually it, it, uh, it makes use of some of the worst green screen uh, technique I think I've ever seen in, in <laughs> YouTube's long and storied history. So check that out at your own peril. And uh, that is Drying and Curing. What do you say we move on to my favorite part of the show, listeners' questions answered by you, Danny Danko, on free weed. Let's do it. Are you ready? Q&A. Okay. There's no uh, time constraint here, so... Feel free to be as long-winded as you'd like. Uh, question. That sounds like an insult, long-winded. That was a bit of a dig. All right, uh, let's get started without any further ado. Uh, okay, we didn't want to do this first one, but we wanted to just say, uh, I wanted to say thank you to at Alive in Upstate, who uh, says that he's also Greek, 
and says to me, uh, much love, homie. Much love to you. Thank you for being Greek. Sagrapo. Exactly. Opa. Uh, let us move on. You know, Hughes is a, a classic Greek name. That's true. Yeah. Let's move on to an actual question. This one is from JW in Michigan. Danko, I am a newbie grower, still on the first harvest. I uh, just got an aeroponic cloning bucket, and I just cloned a few plants to test it out. I have my veg room on 18.6 and then put my clones and bucket in the veg room. Are they okay with 18.6 or should I change it to 24? I know you're a fan of 18.6. Also, if I have a veg room at 18.6, is it okay to change it back to 24 or will this stress the plants out? What do you think? Well, I'm certainly not a fan of 24. I think, uh, you know, naturally plants need the dark cycle uh, in order to thrive. And I think you can, you know, I like 18.6, you can go up to 20 and four as well. Like that's not, there's nothing wrong with that. It just uses a bit more electricity. But if you have plants that are prone to like send off uh, pre-flowers or even like threaten to start flowering with anything, you know, under 16 or whatever, you know, just keep it up by 18, keep it up at, you know, 20 and four off. But they need that off time. That's when they actually are able to put on growth and 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 use the light and food and water and things that they've absorbed to actually uh grow stems and leaves so certainly uh not a fan of the the 24 on veg um but you know like i said 18.6 is good 20 and 4 is fine too um as far as your clones will be fine in the 18.6 uh they should you know stay in the vegetative form Uh, Messing around and switching the lighting back and forth and things like that is probably a bad idea. So, you know, try to keep it wherever you need it for veg and then switch it to 1212 uh, for flower. Or you can experiment with the uh, DJ Short 13.1 thing if you'd like. You've heard about that on the show before. Um, But, yeah, you know, I'm a traditionalist. I just do the 1212 and the 18.6. So, yeah. That's the cycles I would do for flowering and for vegetative growth. And did you uh, sort of, have you looked into the DJ Short technique? Do you have any more to say about that? Well, you know, there's certainly something to be said for it. I I haven't actually personally tried it myself or, you know, um, I think, you know, part of that is um, particular also to sativa dominant plants as well. I think, you know, most people grow indica dominant hybrids. I mean, obviously, some people grow sativa dominant ones, but he specifically seems to kind of go the more sativa route, and I think uh, it probably works a lot better for those type of plants than than most of the indica dominant hybrids people grow. Excellent. All right. Uh, thank you, JW in Michigan, and uh, keep on listening. Hopefully, uh, your garden turns out well. Let's move on to Mario, our old buddy Mario. He writes, "Hello, gents." Uh, My question involves changing the photo period. So this is similar to the last one, but he's got a slightly different take on it. Uh, My tent is dark from 10 to 4. Would the plants be stressed out if I kept the same duration but changed the time it goes dark? So if one day I realize I need the tent to go dark four hours earlier, uh, would shutting the lights off at 6 be a problem? Yeah, I mean, in my opinion, it would be just because you're messing with the natural cycle that the plant has grown to uh, adapt for. So, you know, during veg, there's a certain time when the lights come on and a certain time when they go off and the plants get used to that. And if you mess with that by like a four hour uh, window, you're going to freak the plant out and you might get, uh, you know, the plant acting out like uh, going hermy or, um, you know, sending out weird 
um, three leaves and, and all kinds of different characteristics of a plant that's been stressed. So try to avoid the stress. Even when you go from an 18-6 to a 12-12, there's a little bit of a, uh, you know, a stress period where the plant is figuring, figuring out what to do. And uh, basically, you know, that's what you need to do is stress it that one time to make it start flowering, but certainly don't stress it during veg or during flowering it, uh, by switching the cycle at all. All right. Thank you, Mario. Uh, Christy from Australia writes, hey, gents, or no, sorry. Hey, guys, uh, just stumbled across your podcast, and it's awesome. Uh, listening to the backlog, but can't help skipping to the new stuff. It's great what you guys do. Education is the way to go. Uh, favorite bit is the strain of the week. I had no idea all this about all this stuff and what goes into making a new strain. Uh, keep the good stuff coming. That's Christy in Australia. Nice. Thank you, Christy. And uh, yeah, my book, I guess, is banned in Australia and I guess High Times as well. But um, you guys have access to the Internet and you can listen to podcasts and grow your own. It's very important. You guys have some great heritage, uh, vintage strains, uh, Mullabimbi Madness, among others, of course. And one day I'll make it to Nimbin Mardi Gras uh, or Mardi Gras, which I've always wanted to go and check out and report on for high time. So maybe uh, 2015 is the year um, that I make it down under. Yes, and all the greats have been banned in Australia. You, Snoop Dogg, I think uh, <laughs> Willie Nelson, I think Be Real had a problem with Australia. So yeah, if you get banned in Australia, that's how you know you've made it. So uh, thank you. I know you. they smoke a lot of bud and, and they surf a lot of waves. Yeah. I, I want to go to Australia. We should do like a free weed to. tour oh, man. of Australia, but only the outback. Like not hit any major cities. <laughs> All right. Yeah. Sounds like Because growing in the outback, I think, would be challenging. Let's uh, Thank you, Christy. Let's move on to Jay Blake. Uh, hey, guys, just wanted to drop you a line and tell you that I miss you guys. Oh, oh thanks. That's sweet. Yeah. Well, we're back. Uh, he thoroughly enjoys the podcast. His grow question is, how do I prevent my seedlings that are uh, one to two weeks old from stretching? My babies sprout and really stretch to the point I have to support them or they basically get easily broken. Uh, they are they are setting about three to four inches under the T8 bulb. What do you think? Uh, you got to bring the light closer and you got to give them, you know, intense amount of light. T8s are a good amount of light, but they can be, a, you know, they could be about an inch away uh, rather than four inches. So bring them closer and the plants won't have to stretch so much for the light. And you'll see, um, you know, they'll stay shorter and stockier. Um, you can also do, you know, training techniques to keep them short and stocky as well, but really just bring the light closer. That's what they're stretching for. Okay, thank you, Jay Blake. Uh, let's move on to uh, Williams West at Williams West on Twitter. Uh, dear Danny Danko and my cues, uh, check every hour, hoping episode seventy would be up, and I was disappointed not to see it there. Well, it's up now, and and soon you'll. If you're listening to this, episode seventy one is there too. Uh, Wesley would like to add a name for the Danko strain. Okay. Yeah. He likes Magnificent Mango Danko. Ah, that's good. Yeah. I like mangoes. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, Magnificent. I, mang- I, I unequivocally would say that mangoes are magnificent. Yeah. They are my favorite fruit of all fruits. Yeah. And he also says it would only be right. When they're ripe. It would only be right. Well cut up properly most some people don't know how to cut a mango it would only be right of danny if it would only be right if danny was an autoflower strain due to his heritage oh russian right mm. yeah, thanks there you go that's I get pretty it. good 
Uh, and it's got to be something spectacular because he has changed not only my life, Whoa. but the lives of others. Wow, that's so thank you. Uh, magnificent that. Mango Danko. That is from at Williams Wes. Uh, thank you for that. And again, uh, there's no winner. There's no loser. There's no, um, you know, end date. Keep those strain names coming. We enjoy them. Uh, so thank you for that. And let's move on. Let's do one more. Our last one. Also from someone named Wes, Danny, and Mike. Uh, I would like to know your views on the distinction between the use of the terms medicating for medicinal reasons and getting high for recreational reasons and the classification of those terms. I ask only because I've recently rejoined the marijuana culture after a 10-year hiatus, and it seems certain terms have taken on different meanings uh, from my formative years. So what do you think about this, uh, medicating versus getting high, the recreating, medicating... Yeah, you know, in places where there's medical marijuana, people just say they're medicating, and that's the part of the way that they uh, refer to it and part of the way that they kind of have to refer to it in some places. And I know, you know, in California, it's a big thing that's caught on. Hey, let's go medicate, um, meaning let's get high. So, yeah, you're right. Uh, semantically, there should be a distinction. Um, people that are patients are medicating, um, and people that are just getting high are just getting high. But uh, truth be told, it's... You know, it's become a part of the vernacular. It's slang that people use for getting high, uh, getting medicated. And I don't think anything we do is going to stop that. I know there's always these campaigns to say, you know, let's call it cannabis instead of marijuana or pot or weed. And, you know, they're all well and good in their intentions. But the truth is people are going to call it what they call it. And that's what they know it as. You know, it's either marijuana, weed, pot, cannabis. Um, you know, I don't think we're going to win... Uh, the war on pot with a war on words, I think we're going to win by legalizing marijuana. And uh, most people know it as marijuana, pot, weed. Um, they might not know cannabis. Um, so I just think you go with the prevailing vernacular. And if people in Cali want to ask me to go and medicate, I will go happily medicate with them. So. Yeah. You don't discriminate. You medicate, you recreate. Yeah. yeah. I mean, I, I smoke pot. I get high. There I, you go. I'm a marijuana enthusiast, and I'm also a cannabis, responsible cannabis user. Uh, you know, we're all of those things. We're stoners, we're uh, tokers, midnight jokers. Oh. <laughs> our, uh, our peanut gallery didn't care for that, that one. Anyway, thank you, West, for that. Um, the email does go on quite a bit. Uh, we don't have time to get into all of this right now, but... Hopefully that gives you a bit of uh, what's going on inside of Dan's head on that particular issue. Okay, if you have a question that you would like Dan to answer on Free Weed, uh, you can get us on Twitter. He is at Danny Danko. I am at Mike Hughes underscore. I should also mention, actually, before we go on, I just got... You don't have to spell out underscore. Underscore just means... <laughs> yeah, no, <laughs> don't spell the word underscore. It's just, yeah, use an underscore, like a tail. <laughs> I just got the best tweet, I think. I've, I've been on Twitter for literally weeks now. And um, I just got the best one ever. At ask underscore diesel uh, wrote me, did you take this pic of Danko? If so, what year was it taken? Thanks. Hashtag free weed. The picture is of a gentleman who looks exactly like Dan, except he seems to be wearing some sort of sweater made entirely of human hair. So if you would like to check that out, go to my Twitter page. It is uh, at my cues underscore, not the word underscore, but the actual bit of punctuation um also we are available uh through email freeweed at hightimes.com what do you say you and i take a little break come back and put a bow on it let's do it
All right, so episode number 71. I think we're wrapping it up with Raw at this point, right? That is how we wrap it up here at Free Weed. Yeah, absolutely. I want to thank uh, uh, Charlo Green, who we'll be seeing shortly at the uh, 40th anniversary thing, thingamajig. Um, Kevin Smith for the Tusk promo. That's awesome, and I love the fact that they're uh, thinking outside the bong. That's right, yeah. So everyone remember that that contest is literally to harass uh, Kevin Smith into coming on free weed. So make sure you do that. A phoner, a phoner is fine, Kev. We don't, we don't, you don't, you have, don't have to come, to come into the office. I mean, why wouldn't you want to come? If you are in to... New York, I mean, Comic Con just happened. You yeah. might have been there. Why wouldn't you want to come to the city? You should stop by High Times for sure. Yeah, we yeah. have some great herbal tea here. Absolutely. So come on by. Uh, yeah. Thanks uh, to, as always, to BC Northern Lights, our sponsor. And uh, Jacques and Winstrong for the wonderful song at the intro and the outro. Episode 71, let's put it in the books. Mm-hmm.